Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. I am so excited about this. It's called The Gathering Place. And uh, man, shout out to Don and Val for heading that up. So singles, adults, that is definitely uh, an answer to prayer. So I'm happy that they are doing it and super excited about the night of worship. You guys, this is going to be great. You want to be here um, just to spend some time with the Lord and just worshiping God. It's going to be really, really wonderful. So, um, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, My name is Sean. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are in the book of Philippians. Today we are going to be talking in the second chapter covering verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But the title of this message, are you guys ready for this? Hashtag make Paul happy. Hashtag make Paul happy. Now what Paul are we talking about? Well, it's not Mr. Paul Michelson. It's not Paul Michelson. I think Paul's pretty happy, so check on that box. It's not Mr. Paul Greer. Isn't that awesome? He, I says, Paul, you were a really cute baby. Like, and he said to me, Sean, I'm still cute. That's what he said to me. He said that. So, and if you're new here, these are amazing elders. Uh, I love all of our elders, Tony and Don, um, and both of our Pauls. Um, What a great group of men that we get to serve with. So if you have a chance, make sure to appreciate and pray for them because they are wonderful leaders and I'm so excited to be joined up with them. But the Paul that we are talking about, hashtag make Paul happy, is the Apostle Paul. So if you don't know what he looks like, according to Google Images, somebody painted this a long time ago, that's Paul. I didn't know that's what he looked like, but that's Paul. Anyhow, uh, so the message is called Make Paul Happy. So in these 11 verses, we are going to discover how we can make Paul happy. All right, are you guys ready to hear from God's word today? All right, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And God, we do pray that no matter where people are today, the challenges, the struggles, the, the victories, wherever they are, God, use your word to speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're gonna go through and just read all these verses, and then we're gonna come back and kind of discover a little bit deeper knowledge about them. So this is the New Living Translation. Uh, Verse 1 says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in his spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him. 
to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Amen. So going back to verse 1, we kind of get a clue to where I'm going in this message. But Paul says this to the church. So this instruction is to the uh, the church, and we know that because he says, hey, if you find encouragement from belonging in Christ, if you find comfort, so actually when you look at the Greek, it's almost like the word should be sense. So it would almost read, since there is encouragement from belonging to Christ, since there's comfort in God's love, since there's fellowship together in the spirit. So he's talking to us, the church. He says, then make me truly happy. And he gives us three things. He says, agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Number two, love one another. Number three, work together with one mind and purpose. boil these down, we have agreeing with each other, loving each other, and working together. So agree, work, love. Hashtag make Paul happy. Now, you guys, let's be real. This is a super hard list because I don't know about you, I could, I can work with maybe a supervisor. Um, I can work together, but I don't agree with how he's getting the job done. In my mind, my way is better right? Or I could, I could agree with somebody, but that does not mean that I love them. <laughs> like there's a far chasm between the two. But here Paul says, hey, since you find comfort in God's love, since you find fellowship, work together, agree, be united, and work together. Work, agree, and love. This is a hard list. Maybe impossible, but I think there's glimpses of the world that we see that all three of these come together. Um, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but a while back they had this contest called the World Cup. I haven't even watched the full World Cup in my life. However, uh, if you didn't know, Argentina won the World Cup, I think it was last month, and they went absolutely ballistic. Now, my good friend, he has a grandfather from Argentina, and he knew all about it. I actually saw him a couple days after the event, and it was like one of the most epic memories of his life, like getting married, having kids, Archina, you know, Archina. Archina? Argentina winning the World Cup. Anyways, this is a picture. They had a parade. They came back, and there was four million people that showed up to Buenos Aires. Like, it was so crazy, just the level of celebration, and their country colors were blue and white, and everybody was just celebrating and rejoicing, and so everybody came together, worked on this parade, and they were celebrating. I don't think there was probably one fight that erupted. Everybody was of the same mind, unified, because some guy was able to kick a ball in a net. 
that's, can we be real? That's what happened. But this thing is a big deal. It only comes every four years. So they are the top dogs on the entire planet. Their guys can kick balls through nets better than any other team around. They were united in one purpose. One time I visited the Grand Canyon, and what struck me is that no matter what nationality, all these different people from different countries, they're all just staring in wonder. And they're talking in their different languages, but they're talking about the same things. They're looking at God's creation in unification, being in awe and God's splendor. You see, this is possible. It's a hard list, but Philip, Philippi, where, where Paul wrote this letter, it was actually a very diversified city. It was actually considered quite a cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan place. Wow, cosmopolitan uh, city. And so we need to agree with Paul in saying, you know what? We need to be of one mind. We need to be unified, working together. So. Um, when you think of church, this isn't always the scene that you get because sometimes church can hurt, right? People don't agree, and you hear of these splits that go on. You hear of these conflicts that go on. So I did a little Google search, and I thought I'd share some of these lists with you. You guys ready for this? <laughs> um, there was actually quite a bit of a deb debate because somebody said we shouldn't use the, the, the term potluck for a dinner. Maybe we should call it pot blessing because they were a little you know, edgy about the word luck. Um, in that same vein, they said, maybe we shouldn't have people bring deviled eggs to the potluck. <laughs> Devil, I mean, that's a little, that's a little risky. My opinion is, if, as, as long as you have angel food cake, then <laughs> balances out, right? Um, conflicts with how long the worship pastor's beard should be. Like, this has happened. There was a huge debate in a Dallas church it split the church, it was really, really sad, but half the church was like, hey, we want this building, you guys find another place. They were like, no, you leave, we, we are taking the building. And it went to court and all this stuff. And they boiled it down to, if you could believe this, at a function, at a meal, the elder got a smaller piece of ham than the child sitting next to him. And that's really what triggered all of this. Like, no, this isn't, this isn't right. I have a joke about this, so you guys, you wanna hear a joke? Maybe I shouldn't share it. Okay, I'm getting some nods. Okay, here's the, here's the joke. I'll make it quick. Uh, so there's this guy that was, um, you know, shipwrecked on this island. It's, you know, island all by himself. And he was there for like five years. Finally, he gets rescued. By this time, like, he had discovered the plants that he could eat. He found this little fishing cove that he could catch some fish with. And so when he was found, the people were in awe of how he survived for five years. And so he's like, would you show us your island? And he showed him where he fished, the little plants that he'd collect. And he was so proud of this one structure. And he says, this is really what got me through, my faith. And so he says, I built like this, this church where I'd go and I'd pray to minister to my soul. And the people saw another building that looked really similar to this. And they said, well, what's that little structure? Instantly, the man's demeanor changed. He says, I don't want to talk. And then they got more curious. They're like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> For real. Hashtag church hurt. It's a real deal. Okay, how can we seriously do this? How can we make Paul happy? 
Well, 2 Corinthians gives us a little insight. It says that we are being changed into the glorious image of Christ. We are being changed into his glorious image. And as we follow Christ, we become more like him. If we are more like Christ, it's easier to agree with people. Not everything. Not everybody in the Argentina parade was wearing the exact same jersey. But they all were unified. We as a church should all be like-minded. We should be about the great commandment and the great commission. That's what we should be united about. Loving God and loving others. That's basically the great commandment. And then the great commission is go and make disciples. Go live your faith. Don't just attend on Sunday, but go beyond. Go do faith beyond Sunday. So, application. Here's some questions for you. I'm going to dig a little bit. Um, ask yourself the question. If you're honest with yourself, am I easy to work with? Am I easy to work with? Or do I only work well with people that do the project the way that I think it should be done? easy to work with. Number two, am I able to come together, put aside my differences, and focus on the larger picture? Number three, do I love others the way that I want to be loved? The reality is, is we don't always see things the same way. Here's a photograph. This has been hanging around for a while, but do you see a young girl or an old lady? Who says a young girl? Who says an old lady? You're both right. You're both right. You're like, I don't see. Uh, what, what, what? I'm not going to explain it. You can look at it later. But <laughs> the point of it is, is you're both right. It's not one's wrong and one's right. When you're unified in love and when you're like, you know what? We want to make this about Jesus. We can come together. You guys seeing it? I'm hearing chitter chatter. Who doesn't see both sides yet? Okay, well, sorry. You'll just have to, have to watch online, I guess. Figure it out. All right, verse 3. Here we go, continuing on. Um, oh, I see some more people that got it. <laughs> the idea here, again, is God calls us to live in unity, but unity does not equal uniformity. We don't have to be the same. Um, verse 3. Here's some ideas that how this can be achieved. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others as well. Selfishness will bring discord, and selfishness will ruin a church, but humility builds it. And maybe you're saying, you know what, Sean, I'm not really a church person. I don't belong to a church. I'm just here checking this out, or I'm online. Here's the, here's the thing. This will work in your relationships as well. This will work in your friendships, in your marriage. When two spouses can unify and agree, this is the way that we want to live. This is the way that we want to use our money. This is the way that we want to raise our kids. This is how we want to be generous. When you agree on things, it will help your relationship. When you're able to come together and say, you know what, I want to work with you. It doesn't have to be my way. What's your way? When you can come together and say, you know what, I'm willing to put aside my success. I'm going to put my aspirations to the back burner, and I want to make you successful. I want to make you successful. 
Because when you're successful, I'm successful. And you have two people working hard to outserve each other, you'll have a healthy relationship. You'll have a healthy church. You'll have a healthy family when you can get to that point. And the opposite is true. When you're selfish, when you can't get over the wrong that the person's done, when you have bitterness that Another clue on how this is accomplished is verse 13. It's the last verse that we looked at today. It says this, God is working in you. What's he doing? He's giving you the desire and the power to please him. In order for this to happen, we're going to need God's help. We're going to need God's power to do this. We're going to need to have his desires in order to accomplish this. So in order to do that, do you believe that God's will is best for your life? Are you willing to say, you know what, no matter what you put in my path, God, I'm devoted to you. So whatever that looks like, I want to grow into the person that will experience the power, and I want to have a desire to follow after you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that we are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So what is, all this, what is all this about? What is God doing as his church? Imagine a temple that God is building with us as living stones. See, when you build something with stones, you have to shape the stone. You have to pile it down. You have to cut into it. You have to groove into it so that it'll fit together. So this shaping process is intense. It's not easy. There's other passages in the Bible that speak to God being the potter, and we are the what? We're the clay. We've been to what his rules are. We don't say, no, these are better rules. We're going to have God mold into our thoughts because we know better. That's not how it works. But this molding, this stretching, it's painful and it's difficult. Verse 6, it says, we can be confident of this, that he began a good work will carry it to completion until the day of Christ. That was chapter one. We, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, that God will complete our faith. That if we just say, yes, God, I'm open, I will cooperate with your spirit, that he will bring us to completion. And this is really where it gets sticky. In verse five is what Jesus has done in order to make this real. It says, you must have the same attitude. Say, same attitude. Ouch. <laughs> same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What did he do? Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. He let go of his titles. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave. He was born in some luxe hospital in a manger. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. One of the most worst, horrific ways to die, he did it. So that we could have forgiveness, that we could be restored with the Father. So the three things I see here in these verses is that Jesus submitted to the Father. He humbled himself. 
He sacrificed and he suffered for us. Imagine the majesty that Jesus left to come to this messy world. He left God's glory to die a gory death on the cross. And he did this, and we should have that same attitude that Christ Jesus had. There was a poem written in the early 1900s by Frederick Leeham. And I just want you to think about the picture of this, of God's love poem is the love of God. It says this, the love of God is far greater than a tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole, the priceless pardon won. And look at his descriptiveness. I love this. It's my favorite part. Could we with ink the ocean spill and were skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and everyone a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. That's God's love. Unbelievable, unfathomable. And he's saying to us, I say to my kids, I don't care. Just, can you get along? It happened in the lobby. You can ask Kathy and, just get along. (laughs) Kathy and Jeff were there. But God's saying, hey, because of this, just get along. Love each other. Work together. And agree on the big picture. Verses 9 and 11 says, therefore God elevated him place of highest honor. Because of what Christ did, because the obedience of Christ, God hired, he gave him honor in the highest way. He gave him the name above all other names, and at the name of Jesus, every knee bow, every in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I imagine this. I imagine if you took on the Christ attitude, and you humbled yourself, said, you know what, my way is not the right way. What's more important is that we work together. So I'm going to humble my attitude. I'm going to humble the way that I feel like this project should be done. And let's work on this together. If you humbled yourself, if you loved others, if you worked together, we would be a beautiful church. Not that you're not doing that. I love you guys. <laughs> I brag about you all the time. But imagine that. I imagine that God would honor us would honor us like he did with his son. Paul, when he said every knee should bow and every tongue would confess, actually this comes from Isaiah chapter 45. It says that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. The good thing about making this confession that Christ is Lord is that as we are today, it leads us to salvation. It grants us and an everlasting life with God. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you don't know this, you should underline it. You should highlight it. You should memorize it. It says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe are justified and with your mouth that you profess that you're, profess your faith that you are saved. Confessing Christ 
last verse we're going to cover today is verse 12. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. He says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. God deserves our reverence, doesn't he? I think there's a separation, a lack of awe that we express to God. But he is a holy God. He is a holy God. The King James Version says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know what this verse doesn't say? It doesn't say work for your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm so glad of that. I'm so glad that our salvation is not dependent upon what I do or what I give. He says, you're saved. You're loved. You're forgiven. But I want to make you into this living stone. I want to involve you. I want to invite you to be a spiritual temple. That's cool. I don't even know what that means. So as we close, the band can come on up, the worship team. Um, I just want to say it's okay to feel the grind. It's okay to feel the pressure. But I want God to allow us to be changed, to be the church that we're supposed to be, to reach out, to care for our neighbors. And I want to make Paul happy. <laughs> I want to make Paul happy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, want to say thank you for all that you did on the cross, all that you did in coming to this world to show us your love. And I know that there's probably people in our minds that are just like, I can't love this person. It's hard for me to even be in the same room with them. Or there's people that we have in conflict. God, I pray that your spirit would help us, that we could choose to forgive, that we could choose to love each other, to work together with 